This is the Late Round Podcast with your host, JJ Zacharisa. What's up, everyone? It's JJ Zacharyson, the editor-in-chief at FanDuel and at NumberFire.com, and this is episode 203 of the Late Round Podcast, one of the many shows that are part of the NumberFire Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. It's hard to believe, but this is the last 15 transaction show of the season. And before I give the weekly recommendations for this week, Championship Week, I just wanted to thank all of you guys for tuning into this show each and every week. It really does mean a lot. The cool thing with 15 Transactions is that it's not a column or a show that's simply about the picks. Or at least, I don't see it that way. It's just as much about the process. I say it all the time, but it's truly my place to brain vomit and let you guys know how I feel about the current fantasy landscape. And I know I haven't gotten everything right. I've been plenty wrong this year. But hopefully I've been right enough for you, and hopefully you've learned a little bit something along the way. But I genuinely mean it when I say thank you. I need you guys to be willing to listen to my brain vomit in order to continue doing what I love doing. So let's kick some ass here in week 16, and let's finish the season with a championship. Sorry to the kids out there. Add Jamal Williams. I don't remember a fantasy playoff week where so many start-worthy players were injured early on in their games, and they gave teams goose eggs. They gave teams very little fantasy points. Aaron Jones was unfortunately one of those players. He left Week 15's matchup against Chicago in the first quarter after seeing just four touches. And without a lot of depth in that Green Bay backfield, that meant that Jamal Williams was going to take over as the lead back, and that's what he did. He played about 87% of Green Bay's snaps, and he saw all 12 of the team's running back carries after Jones left the game. And Aaron Rodgers threw it to Jamal Williams five times through the air as well. With a game against the Jets in Week 16 where the Packers are three-point favorites, I do think that Jamal Williams could be a decent start. Add Robbie Anderson. So speaking of the Jets, Robbie Anderson has actually come on pretty strong over the last couple of weeks. He's got 25 targets over his last three games, and he hit a season-high 94.7% snap share in Week 15 against Houston. And he's also scored in each of his last two contests. And against Green Bay this week, I do think that he could be a wide receiver three type play. The Packers have given up the fifth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. He's out there in about 75% of Yahoo League waiver wires, and I think that he's worth an ad. Add Kenneth Dixon. So Gus Edwards led the Ravens' backfield in attempts once again in Week 15, but don't let his 19 carries overshadow what's actually happening in that backfield. Kenneth Dixon actually played more snaps than Gus Edwards in Week 15. And over the last three weeks, he's seen a snap share go from 21% in Week 13 to 32% in Week 14, all the way up to 52% this past week. Now, you can't necessarily trust him over Edwards just given their usage when they're on the field, but Dixon continues to be an intriguing flex option in deeper formats. And look, if your fantasy league is playing into week 17, I don't know why you're playing in a league like that, but if it is, Dixon could grab hold of that starting gig during that week. Drop Deion Lewis. This is Derrick Henry's backfield. The Tennessee Titans' backfield is Derrick Henry's. But it wasn't that way for most of the season. In week 15, Derrick Henry was on the field for 70% of Tennessee snaps. That's the first time he even reached a 60% snap rate. His season high was 52%. And it was the second time this season that he outsnapped Deion Lewis. He hadn't outsnapped Deion Lewis since week three. And look what happened. Derrick Henry carried the ball 33 times. He ran for 170 yards and he had two touchdowns. Deion Lewis, meanwhile, ran it just seven times. and He was targeted on three occasions through the air. There's no reason to believe that the Titans are going to change things up in week 16. And they're facing Washington where they should see a positive game script, which benefits Derrick Henry. So you can drop Deion Lewis. Add Elijah McGuire. 
So Isaiah Crowell is on IR, and Elijah McGuire was the clear lead back for the Jets on Saturday as a result. He handled 18 of a possible 25 running back attempts, and he played about 75% of the team's snaps. I mean, in Week 15 alone, McGuire had a top 10 snap share at the running back position across the NFL, and he had four targets as well. And he gets a matchup in Week 16 that's pretty average on paper. They're facing Green Bay, like I mentioned earlier. So I do think that Elijah McGuire could find your lineup as a flex option. So add him off the waiver wire if he's available. Add Robert Foster. Look, guys, I haven't been talking about Robert Foster on this show because he's not the type of player that I usually go after in fantasy football, at least not in redraft. He's an athletic player, but his college production was really non-existent. That's not what I look for in a rookie. But let's give him some credit. I mean, he's dominating right now. He now has 13 targets over his last two games, and he's hit 94-plus receiving yards in four of his last five games. That's insane. Over these five contests, he has more receiving yards than both DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown. So he should be on fantasy rosters. It's just hard for me to trust this type of production. DeAndre Hopkins and Antonio Brown, for instance, have 22 and 30 more targets than Foster over their last five, respectively. But if you're in a deeper format and need a high-variance wide receiver, Robert Foster is your guy. Drop Jameis Winston. Winston had a rough matchup on the road against Baltimore this past week. I talked about that on my matchup show last week, so his struggles were understandable. The problem is that in Week 16, things aren't that much better. Tampa Bay is going to be in Dallas, and the Cowboys have been strong against fantasy quarterbacks for most of the season, especially at home. They're 8th best in fantasy points allowed to the position, and in Dallas... Only Marcus Mariota has posted a top 12 QB1 performance against them. And for Mariota to do that, it took a rushing touchdown. And they face Carson Wentz and Drew Brees at home. So despite the fact that the Buccaneers as a team have averaged the second most points per game at the quarterback position this year, I don't think that Jameis Winston is a lock to produce during championship week. You honestly might have a better option off the waiver wire. Add Nick Foles. I don't know if I would play Nick Foles over Jameis Winston, but he is a traditional streamer that you could get off the waiver wire this week, and he could produce. The Eagles are playing at home, and they're facing a Texans team that's been average in fantasy points allowed against the quarterback position this year. But Houston's also not faced a lot of top quarterbacks. In fact, Andrew Luck is the only one that they've gone up against who ranks in the top 10 in points per game. And in his two games against the Texans this year, he's posted 35.7 and 23.6 standard fantasy points. He's crushed the Texans. It's not a scary matchup. I'm not scared by the Texans, at least for my fantasy quarterback. And like I said, this game is being played in Philly, which is a plus for Nick Foles. Drop James White. This is probably the craziest transaction of the entire week, but just hear me out for a second. Now on Sunday, White was pretty much used solely as New England's third down back. When you look at the team's snap share report, it does show that he played more snaps than both Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. But a lot of those snaps came on the Patriots' final drive when they were in catch-up mode. In the end, White finished with seven targets and two rushes, but three of those targets came on that final drive. In other words, if the script had not been negative for New England, we might not have seen a whole lot of James White against Pittsburgh. And that's my fear that I have with him in Week 16, because New England's hosting Buffalo and they're a 13-point favorite. The likelihood that they'll have some of those hurry-up moments is pretty small. But not only that, it's not like James White is performing at some level that we saw earlier in the season. Not even close. Over his last two games, he has a combined 65 rushing and receiving yards. And since Rex Burke had returned from injury, White's seen his snap rate drop by about 20%, while his touches per game has gone down by four. He has not been productive. And there are a ton of usable running backs out there thanks to injury. And I do think that a lot of them have more upside, more weekly upside, than James White does right now. 
had John Kelly. So Todd Gurley was banged up against the Eagles on Sunday night. He left the game for a bit, but then he came back. And rookie John Kelly carried the ball a couple of times while Todd Gurley was sidelined. Now, it sounds like Gurley's getting his knee checked out this week. And if something does pop up and Gurley can't go, then John Kelly should be in store for a nice workload in a plus matchup against Arizona this week. And honestly, considering it's the Cardinals and that the Rams are 13 and a half point favorites, there's always the chance that the Rams just don't give Gurley a normal workload. So I have John Kelly on here this week because it is a situation that you need to monitor. Add Kalen Balaj. Frank Gore left week 15's contest against Minnesota early, and he's now expected to miss the rest of the season. You would think that it would be Kenyon Drake time. But no, it was rookie Kalen Balaj who stepped in on Sunday and saw the most work after Gore left. Balaj had 12 carries and Kenyon Drake had one. Now, Drake did finish with two more snaps than Kalen Balaj, but it is pretty clear that the rookie, Kalen Balaj, not Kenyon Drake, is going to benefit most from this Frank Gore injury. So he should be scooped up off the waiver wire, though they do have a tough matchup this week against Jacksonville. Drop Baltimore Ravens wide receivers. Since Lamar Jackson took over as Baltimore's starting quarterback, the Ravens have had a pass-to-rush attempt ratio of .51. That means they've been running the ball about twice as much as they're throwing it. That's unheard of in today's NFL. Now, it's working for Baltimore, and that's great, but it's not a good thing for the team's pass catchers. And we've sort of known this for a while now. But since week 11, Ravens wideouts have zero top 30 performances at the wide receiver position in fantasy football. Zero. They're completely irrelevant in fantasy football. You should not be rostering them because you definitely should not be playing them. Add the Indianapolis Colts defense. Alright guys, it's week 16 and there aren't a ton of transactions to make, so I figured talking about a few defenses would be more beneficial than talking about some bottom of the barrel running backs. So the first one is the Indianapolis Colts. They're coming off a dominant shutout performance against the Cowboys, and this week, they're huge 9.5 point favorites at home against the Giants. And New York could be without Odell Beckham once again. Now the Giants have played in 5 games this year where they've lost by a touchdown or more. And remember, Indy's a 9.5 point favorite. And in those games, opposing defenses have an average finish of defense five, or the fifth best defense of the week. So it's a good spot for the Colts defense. Add the Miami Dolphins defense. So the switch to Cody Kessler has not been very good for Jacksonville. They've scored 6, 9, and 13 points over his three starts, and they're averaging just 20.4 yards per drive. Up through week 12, so week 1 through week 12, their yards per drive average was 29. So it's been a pretty significant drop. In week 16, this Jags team is going to face the Dolphins in Miami. The game has a low over-under, making Miami a very obvious streaming choice. Defenses against this Kessler-led Jacksonville team, by the way, have yet to finish outside the top 10 in weekly scoring. So Miami is a very safe play. Add the Cleveland Browns defense. So lastly, we have the Browns. Cleveland's a six and a half point home favorite against the Bengals, and Cincinnati's likely to be without slot wide receiver Tyler Boyd because of an MCL sprain. That means that Cincinnati's going to have their backup quarterback throwing to backup wide receivers all game long. So if you can't get Indy, if you can't get Miami, I don't mind Cleveland either. You know, to be honest, I don't really have a strong 16th transaction this week since this has sort of become more of a waiver wire type show. But I do think that you can look to add Zach Zenner if you're desperate at running back. There's still somewhat of a split backfield there in Detroit, but Zenner's now seen double-digit carries in each of Detroit's last two games. So I guess you could do worse off the waiver wire, but he's not someone that you should desperately be targeting. And if you're looking to Week 17 because you play in a stupid league that includes Week 17, check and see if the Seahawks defense is available because they're facing Arizona. 
And if they're not, you could try Philly against Washington or New England against the Jets. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. If you've yet to subscribe to the Late Round Podcast, make sure you are by searching for it on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you should follow me on Twitter at LateRoundQB. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you later in the week.